0: Hi, and welcome back to this week's episode of Breaking Up with Michaela Cimantri. That is me, and this is my podcast. We are in season two, and I feel like I'm getting into a really good routine and groove with this podcast. So if you are new here, this started out as kind of like a dating and relationship podcast, but lately it has definitely been just a mix of... Um, personal stuff going on. I mean, I primarily do want to mention um, dating and relationship to stay true to the genre, but just breaking up with different topics in general. It's also been a really great just outlet in general for me to get on here and chat for an hour about anything and everything, honestly, throughout the last couple of years through COVID and quarantine and even just getting older in my late 20s, I've spent a lot more time alone, a lot more nights in, a lot more um, just time where I am stuck with my thoughts rather than peers or people around me. So it's been really nice to have this outlet to talk to and to vent because let's be real, I just, my circles have shrunk a ton. I'm not talking to as many people in real life. So to go from being pretty extroverted in high school to now very introverted, it's nice to have this outlet to just chat about anything that um, I feel passionate about in the, in the moment. And this week, as you can tell from the title, it feels very prevalent and I've had the urge to talk about this topic for a while, but I do want to talk about influencers and YouTubers that are out of touch with reality and kind of the whole topic of de-influencing influencers. Because I've seen that almost become a trend itself um, around like TikTok and Instagram and how Gen Z really looks at people with a platform online differently than millennials kind of did 10 years ago. Um, I'll touch on YouTube as well because I have a lot of thoughts on, you know, if YouTube is dead and how that is going. But basically, I feel like almost every single day there is some sort of micro scandal or drama or something within the YouTube community, which I do keep up with a ton. I've been a part of the YouTube community for almost nine, nine years, eight years, um, 2015, eight eight years, I believe. So I have been part of the community for a very long time. I try to stay very active. I like to know what's going on, who else is a part of it. Like, I know the communities are endless, but in terms of lifestyle and other female creators my age, I feel like I have a pretty good grip as to who's out there. Um, And within the last couple of weeks, there have been so many examples of YouTubers that have said things that are very out of touch with reality that come off in a way that they did not mean for it to. I'm going I'll deep dive. I like really want to vent about this with someone So if you watch youtubers or know any of this are just curious and like want the tea um, I'm gonna talk about it I think I actually do have some like receipts and screenshots and stuff too to include so I do want to talk about that because those examples that I've seen recently—I mean, the one that I just saw was today—it gives me such a big ick. Um, and I'll try to be like as respectable as possible here and keep everything to a discussion and not slander, because I'm not on my platform on this podcast to talk shit about anybody. But I definitely do want to like raise awareness or like discuss things that are going on within the YouTube community because. Um, i like when something like this happens it's hard not to generalize the whole platform as like all youtubers act this way or believe in this and i like to believe that i'm pretty down to earth and pretty grounded and i don't know i'm getting ahead of myself but i did just want to chat about all of that today um i'm recording the podcast episode fairly earlier than i usually do so it's only monday night i just got home from my weekend with my boyfriend And usually I just throw on whatever show I'm binging and call it a night, but I felt very productive tonight, mostly because I think I just spent the whole weekend out doing social things with um, Ashton and then my family we had easter this weekend so it was just a lot and i feel almost behind but i'm i don't know i just got home and felt like i needed to record a podcast episode so we are sitting in my living room couch i've got marnie in front of me hopefully she will behave and be quiet um luna's asleep as well so i've got my two cats right here and i want to do a little weekend recap as always so i hope everyone had a wonderful week and weekend this was the first warm weekend here in Minneapolis I think all season we had a couple of sneaky like almost warm days last week but this weekend it hit us like low 60s sunny felt warmer I was outside today in jeans and a tank top and it felt hot like I was sweating and just for some perspective like five days ago we had snow last weekend it was like 30s and 40s And I was in my winter jacket and boots still. So things switch up really fast around here. And it feels really awesome. Unfortunately, we are getting snow again next weekend. I was looking at the weather forecast, hoping that my partner and I could do something fun. And it's going to be 40 degrees and snowing. So yeah, welcome to spring in Minnesota, which is basically just a second season of winter. But usually by May 1st, we're in the clear. And I say usually because a couple of years ago, we actually did have a snowstorm on May 1st. I remember I was in my spring finals at the University of Minnesota, like days away from summer vacation, and we had snow. And it was the craziest thing. So um, spring can be a very unpredictable season here. Usually we get pretty lucky, like have a typical spring, but some years. You never know what Mother Nature will bring, but going back to this weekend, it was Easter. I don't really celebrate Easter, but my family still gets together, and I have young siblings that still get baskets from the Easter bunny and like to do egg hunts and all of that. So Ashton and I went over to my parents' place on Sunday. We had like a lunch, early dinner meal, um... I hadn't been over there. Well, Ashton hasn't either, actually. But we hadn't been over at my parents' place since uh, Christmas. So it was nice to catch up and see everyone. We, uh, um, what was I going to say? I felt like I had something else to say about that. I don't know. I guess not. Anyway, um, yeah, I just went over there to hang out with my family, not really having anything to do with Easter. But my mom just asked if we would come, so uh, we did that, and then uh, I'm trying to think, I feel like we did a lot this weekend, but also maybe we didn't. I think my, oh, we started watching The Night Agent on Netflix, Um, highly re- requested, or not requested, recommended, my gosh, highly recommended by so many people on Instagram, so I'm really glad we started watching that show it's a really good like quick binge so if you haven't seen it yet highly recommend it's action-packed you will definitely be thrown right into the plot i don't think you'll be bored um i am very squeamish with blood i don't like horror stuff and this one i can do like it's not scary it's not that gory um it's it's good i really like it we have two episodes left that we're saving for next weekend but Um, It's nice to have something good to watch on Netflix instead of, like, just settling for something or spending 40 minutes scrolling to find something. So it was refreshing. I'm also all caught up with Love is Blind. If anybody else is watching, we just have the finale left on the 14th, but I watched the two new episodes that came out a couple of days ago, and this season is good. I've also noticed how the producers or the show itself is kind of switching up some of its old routines you know like they brought back josh and wasn't there somebody else too at that at chelsea's dinner that they brought back um yeah i feel like that's good i mean it's 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 sneaky of them to be like let's bring back some of their exes from the pods just to stir the pot but it does make good tv um i think whoever called that definitely had the smart idea And then I've noticed, like, the way that the episodes end on more of, like, cliffhangers. Um, You know, we never got, like, half of someone. I don't know. Maybe we have. But the way that they cut off Chelsea and Kwame's wedding as, like, the... Oh, my gosh. What am I... Oh, maybe I shouldn't be recording these on Monday nights because I might be a little, like exhausted from the weekend but i really thought i was chatty and ready to go so i apologize if i have brain fog a lot but basically love is blind is great all caught up um did anybody if you are watching did you see how jackie called out the show for editing the scenes out of order to make it look like she cheated because i know the internet is just eating her up right now um and Uh, Granted, I'm not on her side. I don't agree with what she did, but um, not everything on reality TV is as it seems, and I think we all know that, but Jackie said that her, I mean, oh gosh, spoiler alert, I guess, if you're not caught up, and if you don't care for this, just skip a couple of minutes and we'll get into like the root of everything, but Jackie said on her Instagram that, She and Marshall split first, so that scene happened first, and then she met up with Josh, and that was after the breakup, but of course, you know, the show makes it seem like she cheated and ditched the wedding dress scene to go meet up with Josh. It's all in the editing. I don't know. Some people also said that she's lying about that, but either way, she came out and said something about that Micah and Irina tried to come back on TikTok, or at least Micah did. I don't want to... Maybe not. No, Irina did too, I'm pretty sure. After Jackie was getting all this heat, I noticed on TikTok that Micah and Irina tried to come back um, because they were getting a lot of hate. Uh, But I don't know if anyone cares for that or about it, but that is what I have been watching. I think my highlight of this weekend, though, as like low-key as it sounds is honestly after easter with my parents we just my like ashton i don't know did you guys hear marnie she just made the cutest little whining sound um we just ordered doordash and had a bottle of wine and binge watched the night agent and it was a really great cozy night in uh we usually go out a lot so that was nice and i know it sounds very simple and like nothing at all but that might have been my favorite part of this last weekend and then today we got to hang out with my partner's family that was in town and go out to eat which by the way I sat on a patio today for the first time since last fall so that itself was the best feeling in the world here but that was really nice to catch up with this family um and then we watched more of the night agent and i guess that was my weekend i really felt like we did a lot but i guess with easter and all of our family time combined it felt like we were doing a lot um but we didn't do anything like fun activity wise but now that it's getting warmer out i mean after the snowfall next week we should be able to go out more and i'm pretty pumped for that but other than that my week had just consisted of yoga And editing, filming, the whole hamster wheel. I feel like my routine, whenever somebody asks, like, what I've been up to or what's new, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know, gee, uh, and I just, like, have nothing to say because I feel like all I do is film, edit, repeat. Give or take, like, my routine is like filming or editing or both, going to a yoga class. And then I have those weekly deadlines that I make 90% of the time, I'd say, where Thursdays video goes up, Fridays the podcast goes up. So that means early on in the week, I am just prepping and pushing out content and it's fun and I love it and I love this life and job that I've created for myself. But it's never ending because as soon as you hit post, like you do it all over again and I really don't feel like there's a lot going on in my life, which isn't a bad thing. But I've been going on a couple of friend dates lately where people have asked, like, so what do you do like, for fun? Or what's new? And I just go completely blank. I have no idea what to say. I'm like, for fun? I don't know. Um, like. The normal stuff, I like to, like, boring stuff, I don't know, I go out to eat, I hang out with friends, I like yoga, I need to just have, like, an answer down, because I definitely was in my car after that, thinking, like, oh, I should have said this, Um so I need to just get an answer down for that question, and know what to say, but... Uh, yeah, other than that, I really don't think anything major happened this week. No new updates beyond that, so this might be a little bit of a quicker episode, diving right on into what has been on my mind this week. But um, yeah, let's talk about influencers and de influencing and those like tone deaf influencers that might irk you because. I know everyone has very strong... Well, maybe not very strong, but I know everyone has opinions about influencers, and there are some that I feel like people like like to hate on, and I'm not going to get on this podcast and sit here and just hate on these people, and I really did hesitate thinking about whether or not to even talk about this topic, because I don't want it to come off that way, but... I just want to vent. I just want to talk. This is going to be like just a conversation discussion type of episode about what's been going on because, hey, they posted these videos. They talked about it. So that being said, I feel like we have a right to chat our own opinions basically about what they were saying. Um, and I know I'm being very vague, but there's a list. I've, I I jotted down a list of like four or five different influencers that recently, did something or said something or posted something that was very tone deaf that sparked a lot of conversation. And the only way that I even really heard about it was because other people were talking about these issues or not even issues, just like instances. Um, But before I get into that, what I found really interesting that I've kind of noticed throughout pop culture and the internet within the last year or so is the trend I'm hesitant to say trend because it's not really a trend. It's more of just like a newly formed popular opinion of de-influencing influencers. The concept of influencers is shifting and changing. When you think about like Tumblr, Vine days, even early Instagram and YouTube days, the concept of influencer. Didn't exist. There were people that had a big following. There were people that were Tumblr famous or Vine famous or YouTubers, and they were somewhat idolized, somewhat seen as a celebrity or somebody that was more of like a notable, special presence, I guess. I don't really know what I'm trying to say, but the point that I'm getting to is since the rise of TikTok and even Instagram and how common and easy and accessible it has become to have a video with a million views to build your own platform it's become so accessible for anybody to really gain their own community which I love and it's made it very normal for people to do what back in the day was only viewed as someone who um, was tumblr famous or was uh, one of the early like influencers Um, but what's even more interesting is now People no longer like the type of influencing content that some of these like early OG YouTubers used to be successful from, like huge PO unboxings or things that aren't very relatable. I've noticed Gen Z specifically on TikTok, they don't watch that type of content. They're not here for it. They are constantly like, almost saying like BFFR here, you know, like be fucking for real. Um, and I've seen the trend of like D de- or not trend. I've seen the phrase de-influencing kind of be thrown around on TikTok about how almost fed up some people are with these big influencers that have platforms and how they want to kind of de-influence them because it's no longer entertaining for them to watch or it's become so out of touch with reality that it's no longer like pleasurable I guess to enjoy as entertainment um I don't know some thoughts about that that I'm just trying to throw out there because I'm curious about your thoughts I mean obviously I am in the YouTube community and I have never liked the word influencer I also feel like I will never feel validated enough to be considered one I say like oh I do social media or I have a YouTube channel and you know I say what I do rather than label who I am and I don't know like what people prefer but I feel like if you say like she is an influencer or so and so is an influencer there's immediately like a connotation that comes with that and I think that's why, like, the trendy influencing is emerging because even that connotation alone is, like, symbolizing or showing that the the world of influencers is shifting. Um, and off of that, I feel like YouTube itself is really shifting too, um, because not mm, is it because of TikTok or is it just coincidental with the rise of TikTok. Either way, TikTok, I love it. I use it all the time. I haven't really figured out how to change from long form content to short form successfully. Like, And I think a lot of older, um, Not older, like age wise, but people that have been on YouTube for a long time, I feel like they also struggle with that because we know how to make long YouTube videos. Like TikTok is very foreign to us as creators, and it's hard for someone, I think, to successfully transition. I've seen people do it, but also, like, we don't really want to transition because we like YouTube. Either way, Um, What I'm getting at here is I have seen the decline of YouTube throughout the last couple of years. In fact, it's been declining for like three years now. I haven't seen it like up and up in a while and I've noticed that with all of my other YouTube friends or people that I keep up with or even follow, how YouTube is just slowly going down and down and down. And I've had this thought in the back of my mind for a while about YouTube. And I love YouTube so much, but I do sort of feel like it's dying and I don't know what could be done to really save it because it's just, no, not YouTube as a whole platform because there are still some videos, especially like how-to videos that people will continuously search up and need to see. But the concept of like YouTubers and people tuning in on YouTube to watch content is less and less because people are choosing TikTok more so than YouTube. I do this too and even this one Um, friend that I was just talking to, she was saying how she doesn't really watch YouTube anymore, but when she does, like, she'll watch my videos. That is so common. People just don't watch YouTube, I think, as much as they used to, and because of that, like, the lifestyle influencers primarily, I think, are feeling this decline because less people want to watch these long vlogs. There are TikTok vlogs that even I would love to watch. If I need Quick entertainment, I'm on TikTok. If I want to listen to something long form, I am listening to a podcast. So it's definitely frustrating um, and sad. But as a creator, you know, I just have to keep like my roots in mind on how I create content for myself. I make memories. I do it because I love it. And whatever else comes with that is a blessing. So I'm just making what I love to make still and hoping that it will all work out. But off of that, I mean, I I feel like there are a lot of influencers that are starting to notice this shift, especially YouTubers. I think there are a lot of older... um, Oh my gosh. Not what... Oh, I can't think of any words. I will never record on a Monday night again, you guys. I am coming up blank every 10 seconds. But I think there are a lot of YouTubers that have been on YouTube for a while that are starting to notice this decline, and I'll be honest, YouTube money is not what it used to be. Um, to give you some context, I will be completely transparent with you right now because all these other YouTubers are posting about how they don't make any money right now. So I'll tell you like the numbers, the complete stats, and I'm not saying this is how much other YouTubers are making, but just for some perspective on how big of a range this can be, So, in 2020 and 2021, I was making about $5,000 a month off of AdSense on YouTube alone. Now, I make about $500 a month off of AdSense on YouTube. And this is primarily due to my RPM and CPM being lower and views being lower because not as many people are watching YouTube. So, if I think about how drastically the last few years have been, for a shift for me on YouTube. I can't even imagine like the contrast in payment numbers from other creators, especially those with over 1 million followers. Now, do I think that they don't make enough to pay their bills anymore? Absolutely not. But I think they're not used to like coming back down to reality. And you know, instead of making like an insane amount of YouTube money because YouTube money used to be good, you know, like It used to be insane how much you could make off of YouTube, so I feel like those bigger creators were used to those numbers, and now they're probably making like a couple thousand or 10,000 max maybe. It depends really on the channel, but definitely enough to still be completely fine, but they are in for such a culture shock almost. Not culture shock. Is that the right term I want to use here? I guess if you're used to like a luxurious lifestyle, but definitely a big shock. And some of these influencers have tried to post like venting videos about how poor they are now. And it has come off so badly to the point where I've seen it on TikTok. I've seen clips. I've seen um, a lot of Reddit threads about it. And these YouTubers have deleted these videos. But I kind of want to talk about it here um, because I'm curious... If anyone else is aware or watch these videos, I just wanna like toss some thoughts around. But the first one that I saw was from Nikki DeMartino. I just have Nikki Demar written down, but it's DiMartino, right? Nikki and Gabby. Um, at this point, I think it was like about a month ago, she posted a video. like venting about how she's so house poor suddenly because she bought a house in Pennsylvania and can no longer afford to go on shopping sprees for herself, but mentions how she can only do shopping sprees for YouTube videos. And I mean, I'm sure the girl is just dealing with a very big pay cut from what she's used to making, but she's still very like number wise she's very successful still she's got a huge following she bought a house so the fact that she comes crying to her followers complaining that she's house poor and can't afford to go on shopping sprees like it felt so out of touch and complaining and whiny and like what are you doing almost i'm trying to find this tiktok that i saved um where someone had the video of her talking about it, because I just want, I want a primary source. I want you to hear it <laughs> from me first, or hear the video to see. Um, I really thought I had it, but I'm scrolling pretty far back, and I am not seeing this. OK, let me just try searching for it real quick, um, because she said a couple of other things, too, that We're very out of touch with reality, and we're just not a a good look. Oh, I found it. I found it. Here we go. Ready?
1: with Gabby is the second our YouTube career took off and it's the second we started making a ton of money but that's also the second that like my growth kind of stopped because my parents saw that we needed help and that it was moving too fast and they they're dentists they're busy so we got a business manager and the business manager helped run the business you start asking for help you start relying on people for help and then all of a sudden You don't know anything anymore. I don't know how old my friends and family were when they started paying their own bills. But all I know is, like, there was a point in my life where I realized, oh, I should know that. I should definitely know that all i hate this term but i just learned it today but like house poor I could. i'm paying my mortgage i can pay it but it's a really high mortgage hanging like, out like an arm and a leg my income hasn't changed that much yeah granted we haven't been posting on nikki and gabby as much the reason why i felt comfortable getting a house in 2021 was because i was making so much money on my own i didn't i, I honestly could afford living in this house without even posting on nikki and gabby and that's what made me feel okay what i'm dealing with now is like i'm paying my mortgage but i don't have really wiggle room anywhere else in my life you know i get there's literally no money going towards me anymore i can't tell you the last time i had a shopping spree that wasn't a sponsored video a lot of the things i wear are sent for free in exchange for a post or It's a sponsorship. I miss shopping sprees. I used to love shopping. There's also a recession going on. Brands don't have as much money as they once had. Like, I was an OG YouTuber. You have to remember, there was no TikTok. It was just, like, OG YouTubers taking up The entire ad space, if any brand wanted, like, an influencer to hire, they would go to YouTube. And now it's like, there's a million options. I get it. Brands are getting smarter. They're working smarter, not harder. I'm not complaining. I just, I think that this experience has humbled me so hard. I'm i putting a lot of money also into my, like, independent artist career like i'm a music artist and like music is so expensive you have to say i am really lucky to have I, I do have a company that's backing all my music i have a distribution deal where i have x amount of money behind six masters and a prod living without even having to worry about budgeting which is like the biggest blessing now that i have to budget but like it turned 19 and i had a business manager i never had paid a bill in my life i've never had to do that
0: Okay, I have so many thoughts, but I really wanted to include that just so that you could hear from the source like what really irked me. Oh, I could talk about this forever. And I'm trying really hard. Like I said, I want to be respectable um, and keep it as a discussion and not slander. Or I don't want to just come up here and like talk bad about other people in the creative YouTube space. But this woman is my age and... To hear her say she doesn't know how to pay a bill is shocking, mind-blowing, and honestly not something you probably want to admit on the internet Um, because it comes from such a place of privilege. She said it two or three times about how she's had a business manager since she was 19, Um, and she's saying it in a way where it's almost like very whiny and like, I don't know anything because I had a business manager, but I don't think she understands how privileged it is to be at a position at 19 to need a business manager to not know how to pay a bill because it's all being taken care of um and <laughs> it kind of makes me chuckle how she just learned the term house poor but it's not that funny at all on and, and like I also bought a house in 2021 however my house is not putting me at a point where I can't afford to like buy groceries or pay for other needs. I'm not going on shopping sprees the way that she was complaining about how she can't go on shopping sprees for herself anymore, unless it's a brand for like a brand video, which again, privilege. Um, But growing up even, like shopping sprees were seen as this like fantasy. I never had the opportunity. I saw it in movies. And when I entered my 20s and had my own job and I was serving throughout college, like as a waitress... There were a few times where I did go on shopping sprees and I felt like I was in a movie and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I can just do this now because I sed- I suddenly had a stable income or like paycheck at least to make money to do that. And it was rewarding because I knew I worked hard for the shopping spree. But it's like, I know that Nikki and Gabby grew up basically on shopping sprees and it's shocking to her that she can't go on shocking or she can't go on shopping sprees anymore at 27 28 because she has a mortgage but it definitely just seems like she needs to figure out budgeting and learn about money more i don't know the whole video i believe got taken down because people had a lot of things to say about it and I saw a lot of videos and threads and comments about that, but the the overarching thing here is that it is just a completely tone-deaf conversation that she had, completely out of touch with reality, and came from a place of high privilege where she bought this beautiful huge home. She has over a million followers on, I believe, almost every single platform. She's releasing music. She is financially very stable, but... Oh, the other thing I wanted to hear too is or talk about is when she was mentioning how OG YouTubers used to run like all of the ad deals because there was no TikTok. You can hear that like fear and desperation in that sentence that I was trying to talk about earlier where back then like TikTok wasn't around to compete and it wasn't such a, a common place where anybody could blow up and gain a following like it was it wasn't that normal but now because it is and because brands are like she said even like getting smarter um, they're not paying youtubers as much anymore so the brand deals are down and I don't know it's definitely like a good conversation to have in a transparent way and that's where I want to try to take this conversation but to hear Nikki like vent and whine about it I mean I'm sure you could hear it yourself and see like where it came like how it felt like it came from a place of whiny privilege but that did not sit right with me to hear and just completely out of touch I mean a lot of people were saying like what does she expect us to feel like does she want us to feel bad for her because her audience is made up of people that are not In like the same place of privilege as her, so like, how are we supposed to take that? Um, Yeah, very, very icky feeling. Was not a fan of that. I don't know if she came out and apologized, but I do know that she took down the video. Also, like, if that's really true, where she can't afford anything else than just her mortgage, then she should not have bought that house. Like, your rent. Or your mortgage should be, isn't it like a third or fourth of how much you make monthly? Like if you're stretching yourself that thin, you are in not the best situation. Um, I will say when I was going through the home buying process, I got approved. They give you like um, a price range, you know, if you haven't applied for a house before. Basically after you send over your income and taxes and kind of show how much money you make, the mortgage lender will tell you how much money you're approved for so you you know like the price range of homes that you're able to buy and I bought a house that was incredibly under the amount that I was approved for and I think partially a mortgage lender will approve you for a big range as long as the mortgage lender feels like you're able to safely and securely pay back your loan. I feel like they give you that big gap because interest rates and like obviously they want you to take out a bigger loan underneath their bank because they'll make more money. But I ended up finding my dream home pretty low within my budget or range that I was approved for. But I know if I bought a house at the the high maximum end of what I was approved for, um, I would not be able to afford anything else really i would be in a very different situation and it probably wouldn't have been very wise of me to do so and i i don't know i just have a feeling that nikki might have bought a house that was on the pricier end of what she was approved for and now she's seeing she's feeling it and yeah i don't know well anyway that was something i recently saw that i wanted to chat about because It just was so out of touch with reality and needs to be discussed, I guess. Anyway, the next YouTuber that I have on this list is, I feel, okay, I don't want to say bad things about these creators because I've met, honestly, some of them that I'm about to mention, but Danielle Carolyn lives in New York and primarily posts New York City day in the life, week in the life vlogs of her life living in New York A couple of years ago, she definitely went through a rough six months, I'd say, of when the internet canceled her for a racist remark that she made on her podcast, as well as just some very out of touch, privileged comments. And I think people were really starting to piece together kind of the like background that she came from, her child, her upbringing, and seeing that she was coming off and I don't know I don't want to come up here and bring up old stuff but I just wanted to give you some background I will admit that I do watch some of her vlogs um they're pretty long and they're nice to have on and she came back to make vlogs I want to say what like a year ago she took a long time off before feeling like it was probably like safe to come back to the internet um and from just a consumer perspective, as neutral as I can be, I can definitely tell in her vlogs when she tries to be relatable and how often she throws in that she's grateful or she's thankful or, oh, I'm really blessed, to make sure that nobody comes at her like they did before. But what she's missing, I think, is just the clear concept that she's renting. A very expensive apartment in New York. I believe that I saw something on Reddit. I mean, I don't want to give out all this stuff, but I do look at Reddit threads occasionally and her someone when they when she moved, they found her apartment listing with how much it costs to rent. and I believe it was like six thousand dollars a month. I could be slightly off, but it was something up there. So she uh, makes these like week in the life videos of her spending a lot of money going to like a $250 sauna um getting her hair done at dry bar like everything just feels very like oh I have such a busy day I'm getting my nails done getting my hair done going to the sauna going to equinox like stuff like that which is sometimes good content to watch but it can be hard for me to get through her content a lot because of how just out of like different I guess just how different her reality is like living in one of the most expensive cities in the world I believe at least in the U.S. and how much just social media money she's able to spend I I don't know. I think she has good intentions. I know that she is sweet, and I've actually met her a couple times way back in the day when, um, when she was in high school still. I really liked her content when we were teenagers, but I've noticed since she's moved to New York how hard it is for me sometimes to sit through her content because they do feel different and just expensive. Like I watch her vlogs, and I'm like, oh my god, how much did that cost? And I don't know. Those are just my thoughts. I know that a lot of people do like her videos. Um, and I do watch them. But like I said, it's just she's very, very privileged. And sometimes it's hard to watch those videos over and over again, especially when you can kind of see the creator of those videos lose more touch with reality. Um, and I know she grew up wealthy. I know that her parents have this gorgeous home on the ocean, and she went to this private school, and um, that probably just like keeps her in this bubble but i don't know after her cancellation a few years ago and some of the remarks and things that had come out it's really shifted how i view her content and especially seeing how much her rent is and how she lives and then watching her content it's hard it's hard for me to sit through sometimes and she's definitely one of those influencers that feel very out of touch with reality that at times the content can give me a little bit of the ick. Um, Jumping to a very obvious one, the next influencer out of touch with reality on my list is Olivia Jade, Lori Loughlin's daughter. Um, She, if you're unfamiliar, was part of the college admission scandal a few years ago, where Lori and her husband paid Olivia and her sister Bella. They basically paid USC to accept them. Um, Which, I don't know if this is just me, but I kind of just assumed that big celebrities did that. I didn't know it was, like, exactly illegal until this all came out. Obviously, like, it's bad and I don't, like, agree with it. I guess I just assumed that they were using their status as a weight. I don't know. I don't know. But basically... Olivia Jade has also come back to YouTube. And I do watch her content. And the thing is, she is so, 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 so far out of touch with reality because of her celebrity status and her parents and like everything else within the last few years that she doesn't try to be relatable the way that I think these influencers that are out of touch with reality try to be relatable but fail because they are just in such a different bubble. But I do watch Olivia Jade's content because it just baffles my mind sometimes, like the clothing that she wears, the money that she spends, those luxury Christmas hauls that she used to post would blow my mind. But it's it's like she's one of the few people stemming from traditional celebrities that do came on and became a YouTube vlogger. We never got a look into a celebrity's home the way that Olivia Jade would vlog in her parents' house. That made it very gripping to watch. Um, And I do think she's young. And I'm not giving her a pass for the college scandal. But I do also see how she was partly the child in the situation. And she has done her best to apologize. And she donates I mean, I guess there are no receipts, but she does say she donates AdSense from YouTube now to different um, foundations or college and stuff like that. But I mean, and I don't, I don't even think I have to really dig any deeper than that to explain why I think Olivia Jade is out of touch with reality, but her content sometimes will give me the ick. It's hard to watch. And get through just to see like how much money is being spent. It hurts. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Banish Skincare. I've been using Banish products for almost two years now, and my skin is forever changed. Banish uses natural, clean, and fresh ingredients that make your skin glow, clears up blemishes, reduces redness and aging. Not only that, but Banish has an at-home micro-needling treatment that has truly changed my skin and has brightened my face, reduced acne scars, and helped reduce acne in general. This is not just an ad to me, but I recommend Banish to everyone. It's the only skincare company I will use and have used for years. They have this awesome vitamin C moisturizer that I put on my face every night and every morning, an oil serum to use after micro-needling that helps moisturize the face and reduce redness, There's a mint cleanser that feels so good on your pores, a fresh pumpkin enzyme mask, and most recently released, an awesome sunscreen moisturizer with 30 SPF, and an anti-aging retinal serum that I love to use before bed. What's awesome is you can get all of these products in a bundle that allows you to save money, or you can purchase them individually, but try out Banish today. I have an affiliate link in the description of this episode, as well as a discount code for you. Use code mikaela 10 in all caps at checkout. That's mikaela 10 for 10% off. I promise you, you won't regret it. If you got it, monetize it has been my mantra since 2020 and I firmly stand by it. If you have a talent, skill, or something that you're good at, monetize it. I really believe that there is a way to make money doing what you love. Whether that is crafts, dance, public speaking, or even something like yoga, there is a way to monetize it. Check out my new merch on my spring shop linked below to wrap your passion today in a stylish and cozy hoodie with the motivating reminder of if you got it, monetize it. And to say thank you to my listeners, use code PODCAST in all caps for 10% off. That's PODCAST at checkout linked below. This next thing I saw literally today and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it tonight and record this podcast episode because This one I did not see coming. It kind of shocked me, but then as I was reading comments about it on Reddit and even on the YouTube video itself, it kind of sunk in and I wasn't as shocked necessarily. However, um, I don't know if anybody else is familiar with Ashley Nicole. She's Alicia Marie's older sister. I believe she's like 32 now. If Alicia just turned 30... Ashley's got to be like thirty-two or thirty-three, so she's one of the older creators that I keep up with, and I've always been slightly, like, interested by her timeline because I know everyone is on a different timeline in life in general. But um, something that was recently pointed out among—I don't want to say scandal—but since this video that she just posted is people realizing that she has only ever lived with her parents and then lived with Alicia Marie in her Alicia's home, and now she's living on her own for the first time in her 30s. And I think that is hitting her, very similar to how it hit Nikki DiMartino. But basically, Ashley just posted this video titled So Let's Talk Money and talked about budgeting and how she can't afford things anymore. And um, she kind of hinted at it in the video prior to this about how she isn't making as much as she used to and needs to start budgeting because she can't afford to get her nails done or take as many trips anymore. And she mentioned it so subtly, subtly, subtly. Oh my gosh, I have to go to bed. (laughs) She mentioned it so lightly In that other video that a lot of people were saying like yes please talk money like it's so refreshing to hear a youtuber like be transparent with this so she just posted this full video titled so let's talk money where she opens up more about it and to be honest I had the video open for a couple days but by the title itself I was like I don't really like want to watch this because I know that it's gonna be her complaining that she doesn't make money Well, she has over 1 million followers, brand deals, lives in a gorgeous town home in in a nice neighborhood in LA, comes from like, you know, all of that. And I waited too long and I went to watch it today, which I think is like three days after she posted and she edited out the whole rant about money. So you can't find it anymore. And I don't think anyone really got a clip of it. At least I haven't seen a clip resurface. However, I want to share one of the most thumbs up comment on the video itself because this summarizes kind of what she talks about but I do know that the gist of what Ashley was saying is since she lives on her own now she can't afford to go on as many trips she's realizing how expensive it is to live on your own and grocery shop and like she can't get her nails done anymore she uh, needs to start budgeting and she I don't know I guess it came off very whining and from a place of privilege but I saw this one comment that people were talking about that said it was pretty spot on that I wanted to include where this one commenter says Ashley I have always been a fan because you seem so genuine kind open and down to earth I totally respect you for trying to open up trying to open up an uncomfortable conversation about finances but girl the way you went about it is not it and it absolutely reeks of privilege and naivete-, naivete in this video you unboxed free products that got sent to you did a paid promo from hello fresh where you probably got sent the food for free did an ootd from revolve which most people would consider expensive talked about your two international trips this year to south africa and italy watched the sunset on the rooftop of your beautiful three-bedroom la home and proceeded to describe your financial situation as tough please and i totally agree there's nothing wrong with getting your nails done but to be overly dramatic about painting your own nails and act like this is you embracing a struggle in the names of finances and that you need our support is just unbelievable Even describing budgeting as having a negative connotation, like, girl, I have never thought that budgeting was something negative and have always been taught budgeting is a necessary part of life. Clearly, when you're this privileged and out of touch, though, this is news to you. That was one of the most liked comments, and I think she just summarizes everything perfectly, hits the nail on the head here. Um, But I saw that tonight and it just kind of got me thinking more about the Nikki DiMartino rant and other YouTubers that I've seen where, you know, they're starting to notice this shift in money and they might want to say, like, oh, I'm just so poor right now, but they're not actually. And it comes off from such a place of privilege that it's hard to get through and still like wanna watch. I mean, I can't believe that she even said she like needed our support. Because I will agree with this commenter, too. Like, I love budgeting. I've budgeted my whole life. I've never thought of it as being, like, a negative thing. And I encourage everyone to budget. I kind of also assumed that everyone just did that in general to know, like, what's up with their finances and, like, where they stand. To be at a place where you've never needed to budget or have even thought to do so and you're just earning and spending money is a very, very, like, envied privileged place to be so then to come on and complain about it on your platform just irked me the wrong way and it was not I don't know I guess I especially like I know 32 or 33 is not that old and I'm honestly getting up like I'm getting close to it but I just I thought someone her age would honestly have like the right amount of life experience not to come on and say something so tone-deaf like that. I just almost expected better from her because she was one of the older influencers that I like to watch. And I do like her refreshing vlogs and they just seemed really, like, calming. But I don't know. Just some thoughts on tone-deaf influencer, like, situations that I've seen recently. Um, I'm curious what other people think about this. And I know I'm no saint. I know I'm also privileged in my own way. Like, I shared my whole home buying process with you, but I like to talk about money on my platforms transparently to um, educate and show how it's done because people like Shelby Church, I do respect her content um, and I think what she posts is very helpful and I like to try to mirror that in my own way by sharing like, hey, this is how much I spent like renovating my kitchen so that you know if you want to renovate a kitchen, like some of the prices or like how much I spent to buy a house I feel like that is very helpful to a viewer rather than me coming on or anyone coming on and saying like oh I'm so poor because I just spent so much money on a house I'm house poor now I would never want to come off that way and I would only give out financial information if I thought that it was helpful to the situation and I just am kind of like I definitely geek out a little bit and I want to hear about financial stuff and be smart with money and everyone wants to be financially stable and successful. We're all trying to earn as much money as possible, so that is not the issue here, but it's definitely like the way that it's presented especially to people that don't make the same amount of income as you, whoever you are on that platform. Um to come on and then try to say that you're struggling or that you're poor when like chances are you are probably making so much more money than like your audience, especially like these creators with over millions of followers. It's that literally do like a paid promo within the video. I work with brands. I know how much they're willing to pay. Like, trust me, She's not going to be evicted, and it can be a culture shock, especially, too. I forget that, like, Ashley lives in L.A., and the culture out there is very different than Minneapolis, for example, but, um, yeah, it just, I don't know. Everything kind of just blew my mind with hearing all of that, and I wanted to share my thoughts because I don't want every single influencer to get that bad rep or for people to think that we're all like that because I I hope I never come off that way and I came from I mean I don't want to give a sob story and I feel like a lot of people that enter a success of some type always have the same gist so I don't want to sound redundant but you know I definitely came from a lower income family growing up we were almost evicted ourselves and we were on food stamps for a couple of years I am very lucky and I did go to a great school growing up on scholarship but I know that that is something that is a privilege in itself so I do want to point that out but um I I remember like having to eat meals prepared from charities or the church would come and give us meals and my parents wouldn't eat most of it or they would you know have us eat things first and I remember being in high school and we would have like fruit set out in the cafeteria and you could just take it throughout the day so I would always take a couple pieces of fruit and put it in my backpack and then take it home and just put it in our fruit basket for like my siblings or other people to eat cuz my parents would I heard a lot of money problems like they were very vocal with it to me to the point where it wasn't healthy for a child to have to worry about it but um yeah I definitely like I I don't know how to say this I I didn't come from like a financially stable I didn't have I definitely didn't have the most financially stable childhood, which is all the more reason for me to be very, very like humble with what I have now. And even now, I've noticed some habits that have stuck with me that I think stem from the lack of financial stability, like running water for too long or the heat and knowing that that is money. And lights like electricity being very careful with how long I have lights on because as a kid like anytime there were lights on in a room my dad would turn them off or tell me not to have them on or like we could never have the heat up and just stuff like that I've noticed my habits are similar even if I don't have to necessarily worry about it now it's like so ingrained in me from My teenage and childhood years that I can't help but also act that way or even with food like I have a hard time wasting food because of how um, my parents would react if we tried to waste food growing up so what I'm getting at I feel like I went on a huge tangent but I hope what I was trying to say is I hope I never come off that way because I do understand the place of privilege that I am at with owning a home and doing YouTube for a full-time like living situation. But what's really cool about social media is that I got to make my own job and I bring that up because I do believe that anybody and everybody can do it if you put your like if you want to. If that is something you want to do and you're passionate about it, I think it's totally manageable. Like if I can do it, you can do it, honestly. And I totally believe that there is money out there regardless as to what like if there's something you want to do if there's something that you're passionate about there is money out there and you can find a way to monetize it um and I'll give credit where credit is due I have this house because of OnlyFans I'll be real (laughs) and if that's something you're comfortable doing heck make an OnlyFans account use my referral link you don't have to post anything that you're uncomfortable with that's the other misconception I get a lot with OnlyFans is when people hear that I do OnlyFans, they immediately assume exactly what type of content I make, or they'll say something like, oh, I just, I could never, like, post X, Y, and Z. And I'll say, like, well, I I don't do that. Um, and content can range so vastly. I know some people that do it and only post, like, bikini or lingerie or, like, everyone has their own boundaries, you know? If you don't want to show, like, nipples, no one's making you show that. If you... Uh, Only feel comfortable showing like completely topless up but not down, just do that. If you are doing like, there's so many different ways to go about it that, uh, yeah, it can be kind of frustrating when someone hears you do OnlyFans and assumes that you're doing something that they wouldn't approve of. But at the same time, I'm very sex work positive and like more power to you if you're comfortable doing whatever type of content. You are putting money on the table, you're paying your mortgage, rent, bills, whatever. It is what it is. As long as you are not harming yourself or others, I do not see a problem with it. So uh, yeah, I know that a lot of what I have is only because of OnlyFans, but I'm very, very grateful for OnlyFans. And jumping on here real quick while I edit this week's episode, because I feel like I struggled through a ramble to, to explain what I was trying to say. But basically what I'm saying is I like financial videos on YouTube and I like to talk about money, but there's a way to go about that as a YouTube creator where you're trying to help people make money and be transparent in an educational way that shows a situation rather than um, coming on and complaining about, you know, needing to budget or feeling poor or... Um, Struggling when most of these YouTubers that come from a place of privilege have never actually struggled. However, because of my background and the struggles that I went through as a child, um, I feel like it's helped me remain humble or helped me understand the true value of a dollar, uh, which has taken me pretty far in financial wisdom, I'd say, as an adult, because I still carried a lot of those like habits that I carried as a teenager when I was struggling with money in my family situation um, into my adult life, but I love financial videos on YouTube and I hope that mine come off educational and transparent in a a positive and beneficial way because I would hate to uh, become so out of touch or um, in such a bubble that I end up posting something that gives someone the ick like that because watching Ashley's video and Nikki DiMartino's rant and hearing these People that live in LA in gorgeous homes with millions of followers that work with brands and have been in the business for eight, ten plus years um, say that they are financially struggling or they're house poor or they need to budget and they can no longer afford the lifestyle that they live in. Sure, that happens, but there's a way to go about saying that in a more just black and white transparent way of like, oh, well, I'm making less money now, but we're good rather than crying in your luxurious car and saying that you're house poor and you can't go on shopping sprees. It just comes off in a very, very awful tone deaf way. And the crux of this whole thing is like, get a job. That's what I forgot to mention too, is if you are really struggling to make ends meet, regardless as to what you are doing or what industry you're in, get another job. Like if I'm ever at a point where social media, like, regardless as to how many things that I'm trying to make work or whatever my income is, if I'm at a point where I know I can't afford the lifestyle that I'm living, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get a job. I will do what I have. Like, I, I have a college degree, so I'll do something with that. I have experience with childcare or teaching or even serving bartending. You make bank doing that. Like, I have no problem getting a job if I need to get a job, and I feel like that concept is so... It's not even there to the influencers like Nikki Martino or Ashley Nicole, who honestly, I'm not even sure if these influencers have ever even had a real job. So perhaps the basic like, oh, you don't make enough money, get another job. Like that might not even be in their mind, but that's really all that it comes down to. It doesn't come down to you getting on YouTube and whining about being poor um, because it's just... All we're gonna say and all that most of the comments have said is if you're struggling like get a job like it's hard I feel like I'm sorry that you feel this way and that you're having a hard time but their examples were just so like like not not actually a struggle you know and I know everyone has gone through struggles but the majority of like How do I say this? Like, I feel like they just haven't really gone through a big struggle the way that they might think they have when their example of a struggle is not being able to afford to get their nails done in Los Angeles or not be able to go on shopping sprees unless it's for a brand deal, which that in itself is a privilege. So, I hope that made more sense, but that's basically what I was trying to get at, where there's just a different way of talking about it online and discussing financial... Um, advice or experiences and that's what I always aim to do and hopefully it just never comes off that way but there is that difference and I feel like it's not that fine of a line like it's pretty obvious but I am also hoping that you found my financial content helpful and I'll continue to share um, and keep it real because I've gone from not being able to afford my rent and living on food stamps as a child to a very different more comfortable financial situation but uh, i don't want to like have that like create a tone-deaf bubble that i'm living in you know like i understand the value of a a dollar still and I think that makes the biggest difference. So yeah, just wanted to add that in before I jump into more examples of influencers on my list. But I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Thank you for listening if you made it this far. Um, Continuing with this episode now. I do have a couple of more YouTubers on my list of influencers that are out of touch with reality that give me the ick. But at this point, I kind of feel like I, I just don't want to complain about people that have never done anything to me. Like, why should I talk poorly about them? Um, I don't know. Is that, I like, I don't want it to come off this way, but I just, maybe I've been spending too much time on Reddit because a lot of the conversations on Reddit are about this topic, but... You know what? This one, it's about kids. It's important. I think the message is real, so I'll bring it up. But I do have the Ballinger family on this list, both Colleen Ballinger as well as Chris and Jessica. I love them. I have been watching those channels for years. I've watched those kids grow up. I went to one of Colleen slash Miranda Singh's shows in 2018. Like, this is in no way me coming on here to hate on them. However, I have noticed a lot of people commenting and like talking about, and even just watching her vlogs, like let's be real, Colleen Ballinger really spoils Flynn. Like, <laughs> doesn't matter what he wants, they'll give it to him. If he wants to see snow, they're on a plane to go see snow. And I saw this one comment on one of her vlogs where someone was leaving a question asking, like, how do you discipline Flynn, like when he doesn't get what he wants? But they said it in, like, a nice, like, oh, I have a question for your Q&A. Like, in regards to parenting, how do you think is, like, the best way to discipline, like, Flynn when he, like, doesn't get what he wants, basically? And someone responded to that saying he, like, well, that doesn't happen because he always gets what he wants. And ever since someone said that, I started to watch the vlogs, like, with that in mind. And I've really noticed it. Like, she'll buy him something in every single video. Um... And the contrast between that and her brother, Chris, and Jessica's family channel is drastic Um, because they have a lot more. Well, not really. They have five kids. Colleen is three now. But um, the thing mostly, though, with the Ballinger family is dealing with not protecting their kids from the internet. Like, the concept of family channels in general is fairly, it's getting more and more disturbing like, by the day, by the year. Um, And a lot of their most viewed videos are, like, their young kids doing gymnastics, their young son doing the splits. And the internet is not a cute place for kids in terms of um, predators. Like, I don't even know if I can say these words on the podcast because of, like, monetization platforms and whatnot. But, There aren't laws on the internet that protect kids that are being exploited by their families for, like, a job or income or views. And while I think the Ballinger family comes from a good place and they love their kids and, like, want what's best for them, I think they're stuck in this old family channel way without realizing that, you know, by keeping their kids on the internet, by keeping them homeschooled and excluded from other kids their age honestly it's doing more harm than good um i saw a lot of stuff about how their oldest daughter went to high school for like a hot minute and then they took her out and the internet like a lot of people will leave bad comments about her that she sees and like imagine having no control like you you know how like our parents would probably post pictures of us on Facebook and it's kind of annoying but it's like just their Facebook friends imagine that but to millions of people when you're going through puberty or like from infant to teenage years and you've never had a say in it and that is so disturbing to me because these kids like are getting to the point where they are aware that their parents are throwing cameras in their faces or like I don't know. I don't even get me started on like the Lebrant family with Cole and Savannah. But same concept. Like their most viewed videos are Everly's dance performances back in the day. Like the ones that blew up are the ones of their like their three year old girl doing splits or doing gymnastics or dance routines, and it is sick. Like I would take my child immediately off of the internet because it's very clear like who the audience is if they're watching stuff like that but there is not enough time in the day to get like into that family there's just been so many I think there's literally like someone that made a whole documentary style video on YouTube of every single bad thing about the family online at least in terms of what they lied about in terms of faking content in terms of pranking their child that their dog died um Clickbaiting videos into making it look like their daughter had cancer. Um, Filming and photographing their son right after he had a seizure for views. Like, it is not a good look at all. And they might be... I mean, I don't like to use the word hate lightly with people online. Because I understand they're real people off of the internet. But that is definitely a channel and a family that I do not vibe with. Um... But yeah, I mean, I to, uh, I hope this came off right. I just wanted to have a really casual conversation about some influencers that have rubbed me the wrong way a little bit with just being so privileged or out of touch with reality that have given me a little bit of the ick lately. And I'm so curious on your thoughts on all of this, because like I said at the beginning of this episode, like the, the way that influencers are being viewed and treated, I think, is shifting. And we're seeing this big trend of de-influencing influence, influencers, but... I think it's because, you know, influencers will come on and post a 40 minute video talking about how poor they are while being in their like luxury car outside of their mansion. And it's just not a cute look, but not every single YouTuber and influencer that I watch acts like that. And there are so many great influencers that I do enjoy their content so much and think they're like doing a great job. So to kind of counteract this, I do want to touch on some that I really have been loving lately. And I try really hard also to disconnect like in like their content from their who they are in real life, I guess, because I can have issues with content and you know, dissect that, but they are real people. And I try to really respect that online because as someone also that posts stuff like that, like I get hate comments and I get it, but I just am trying to be very like view it from just their content and not who they are as a person because I want to respect who they are offline and online. Um, Anyway, some influencers that I do really love though, I think right now my favorite would be Soph Mosca. So she kind of blew up on TikTok during COVID. She's part of like the LGBT TikTok community, I guess, but there's like that There's a group of them that really all blew up in 2020. And I was seeing all their TikToks at the time, so I followed them. She's pretty well known, if you're unfamiliar, she's pretty well known for um, dating the TikToker Avery Cyrus and then going through a public breakup and watching Avery date Jojo Siwa right after. So that kind of put her in the, the trending headlines for a while, if the name sounds familiar. Um... But she's been posting YouTube videos for years, and I love her vlogs. They're so refreshing. I started to really watch her vlogs when she was going through the breakup because she got a new apartment, and I love like new apartment tours, empty apartment tours, move-in vlogs. Those are really fun. So I started watching her content when she moved in and was going through her healing journey, but it was very refreshing because I think she's still so young, too, That she hasn't been in this like internet fame that long. So she went to college. She had a normal job. She's got a friend group outside of influencers. She seems very like down to earth still. And that's why her content is relatable and refreshing. Rather than watching another YouTuber or influencer that has been in that bubble for so long. Just because they are just so disconnected. But Soph is pretty real and... Her content is so great. Plus, like, um, she, yeah, her content is just really great. And I love her vlogs. They're very, like, therapeutic and healing for me to watch and makes me feel, I don't know, they make me feel more motivated. Similar lifestyle vlogging category. I also really love Julia Christine. She's a small, not really small, but she's a smaller creator she still has like a great amount of followers but um I guess like a mid-sized creator is that what you'd call them I don't know either way she has really refreshing similar vlogs to Soph Mosca in terms of just style and like the calmness feeling that you get when you watch them actually I've known her for a while since we first started YouTube because she's from South Dakota and I'm from Minnesota so I think we found each other when we were very very small online Um, but I do love her content and I highly, highly recommend if you're looking for someone like she has a real job. Um, she is a M R M I M I R M I R I. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to say it. It's just so late. MRI tech. I believe I honestly don't know much about like medical, um, titles, so I could be mixing it up, but I, I think that's what her title is, but she does a lot of work vlogs. And it's just nice to see someone with like a busy routine that goes to work and has to like take care of a dog and run errands. Like it's very different than, uh, what I'm used to here because I work from home and sometimes don't leave my house for days if I'm not doing well mentally. So, um, she, her content also really does motivate me to just be better and busier and get out of the house and take care of myself more. Uh, but there are so many other great YouTubers and influencers that don't give off that tone deaf out of touch feeling and content that you know like Ashley or Nikki DeMar Danielle have kind of given off that I wanted to touch upon but hopefully this was entertaining and interesting to listen to again I mean nothing but just uh, educational conversation. By this, I don't want to come up on. I don't want to come on my podcast and just slander other creators. But when you know creators post videos like that, it sparks conversation and it causes people to feel a certain way. And I just wanted to talk about it a little bit because there were some things that I think needed to be said and discussed that rubbed me the wrong way in terms of like the place of privilege that it came from and. You know, it's creators that are posting content like that that I think really cause the shift to de-influence influencers. But yeah, just my thoughts. Um, Definitely let me know. You can shoot me a message on Instagram at McKayK17. I also have a podcast Instagram account, up underscore podcast. Give that a follow. Be sure to follow this podcast or subscribe to it on whatever platform you are currently listening to. And I'll see you, or I guess you'll hear me, uh, in next week's episode. Have a wonderful week. Bye.